Welcome to Functional Design Enclosure. I'm Christoph Newman. And I am Nate Jones. We're here to help you use closure and functional programming to make your everyday life as a developer less frustrating and more fulfilling. Yes, closure has been incredibly good for us and our developer life, and we just can't stop talking about that goodness. So here we are again to talk about more more closure, more closure goodness. Uh, yes. Yeah. More of what closure has to offer you <laughs> every <laughs> single day. Yes. As you can continue to adopt and use it. And we've been focusing on on core functions. Core functions are are great. You use them all the time. And it. But one of the interesting things about core functions is they're kind of like Legos, right? Yeah. You, you mix and match. You put them together. And it's pretty amazing how two different people can take the same set of things, same set of Legos, and make completely different things. And so sometimes, like, each of these functions by itself, it, it's so generic. Well, well, what can you do? How, how helpful is it? And so it really helps to read to read other people's code and see some, some, some of the idioms, some of the ways, some of the uses that you can string these core functions together. Yeah, absolutely. I think just like... When, when you are playing with Legos, as, as I do with my kids sometimes, um, you'll be I'll be looking and I'll find a bunch of like the same kind of Lego, and then if, as I keep going, I find a different kind, and it's like it kind of unlocks. Oh, now I can build these things with it. Like it, just the presence of that Lego in your mind, so to speak, uh, unlocks possibilities. And so I think that's kind of what we're going to talk about today is 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 the expanding of possibilities by looking at new Legos. Yes, and, and so today's core Legos, <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about filter. Filter and friends, right? <laughs> Did you know filter has friends? Fil- filters, uh, filter is a very popular one. So filter, well, so what are, what are some of the friends? We got filter, we have remove, we have keep, uh, th- those, you know. Yeah, definitely. And then, of course, the like the... The the all, all almost filters like filter v and then their keep index. So you have the like modifications on a Lego. <laughs> right, right, right. Very, very like okay. But if you're going to use that Lego in this spe- specific spot, maybe you should get the one that has like the special graphic printed on it. It's basically the same. It's just slightly different. <laughs> yeah, slightly more tailored. But but filter. So at at its core, uh, filter is all about taking a list of things. And getting rid of stuff you don't want and retaining the stuff you do want, right? So, so, so you're winnowing down a sequence and, and you're winnowing it down based on a predicate. So some function that decides whether something should, should be retained or not, right? And the predicates right. generally return a truth value or they can return, uh, you know, a truthy kind of thing, something that isn't nil, right? So nil is treated as, as, as false. <laughs> right. Right. Fal- false and falsy, truth and truthy are, are, right. are distinctions that we make as programmers that almost no other <laughs> profession does. <laughs> True, false, and otherwise, right? <laughs> yeah. True, false, and otherwise. Yeah. So, it, yeah, it is interesting that the fil- filter, the predicate, can do all sorts of things with the values that it's trying to uh, to to modify to, to to change, but it can't actually uh, affect them. It can't actually change them, uh, which is actually nice because lots of times you don't want 
to, to change the values that you're filtering. You just want to, 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 to sift them and, and pick out the ones that, that you need. Right. And, and so just right off the bat, like filter and remove are essentially the same, right? If you look at the definition of remove, it is literally in the source code defined as the complement of the predicate. So it's filter on the complement of the predicate. So it's just it's just uh, linguistic, which which we don't want to trivialize. We don't want to say, oh, it's just linguistic. <laughs> it's one of those things that when you're reading the source code, it, it, it helps it make more sense, right? It gets rid of another layer of nesting, more stuff to read. Exactly. So the idea is filter filter is is when you want to retain and remove is when you want to to get rid of, right? Depending on how you want to think. Like keep these things in or throw those things out. Yeah, exactly. So every filter that is negative can be expressed as a remove. So it's a it's kind of a message from Closure Core that we should be more positive about our intent. So instead of trying to filter out negatives, we should we should remove uh, positive uh, um, positive predicates. So you're you're saying we should remove positivity. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, when appropriate, when it makes, when it reads well in a sentence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so make a positive statement about what you're, what you're trying to do. It, it, it's nice. There's a lot of ways closure helps you avoid not, you know. So, so it's a little easier to think about positive statements instead of thinking about not negative statements. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. And so, so filter. So one of the first tricks really with filter that I ran into is that idea of of you can have a I like to call it a picking function, right? So imagine imagine a, a big a big map full of data and and that data because it's closure we can have we can have open data, right? So we can have optional keys. And and so that map may or may not have a key. And so, so let's say I have a giant list of these entries and, and some of them, let's say some of them have this key that I'm after. And so I want to, I want to reduce the list down to just the things that have that key. So then I can do filter and then the key name and then the list of maps, right? And then that, so what's neat about that, that took me that, I think the first time I tried to write this way back when I was doing closure is I, I created like a little function literal there. And, um, and I, and I had something like has and then key and then percent, you know, (laughs) (laughs) right. And, and so then over time I've learned like, oh, well the, the key, if you're using, if you're using keywords in your maps, you know, so the key is a function that knows how to find itself in a map. And then if it finds itself, it returns that value. And if it doesn't find itself, it returns nil. And and since nil is is like a wonderful stand-in for false, right? You can just do filter and then the key name and then the, and the, and then the map. Uh, uh, well, the list of maps, right? And yeah, and so yeah. that for me was like a little mind-bending at first because it because it wasn't a clear like boolean statement. It gets into sort of this falsiness, truthiness uh, that really starts making filters shine. Yeah, and I think that's that's. Like I feel like like I don't really know. I haven't figured out why keywords act as functions, but I feel like this is one of the ways. Like this would be to me one of the reasons why 
filters or uh, um, keywords or functions uh, because it, it, it reads so, so smoothly, it, even for remove too. You're like, oh, uh, I could say I have a list of players like uh, in sports data and I want to I, I want to see what are, what are the players that don't have a, a first name or don't have a, a position. Then I can remove, you know, colon position players and now I get a list of players that don't have that key in there. And uh, I think the just the, the expressiveness of that, uh, once you, again, once you, once you do get used to it, because it is a get used to it kind of a thing, uh, I think it's kind of one of the reasons why keywords are, are, are functions. Um, and, then, and then I think as far as your point about truthiness, I think um, it, it can get a little squishy, especially coming from other languages. Uh, like, like there are other languages that have, have a variety of <laughs> values that are, tr- that are false. Like I remember in Perl, I think zero and the empty string are both both false too, um, and so closure's sense of of falseness or false falsy values are are thankfully limited to just nil and false. So even though it is something of a mind bend, it's it's you don't bend your mind. I think as much as other languages force you to. Yeah, yeah, and so it leads to this property where where no answer is false because nil is basically like no result, no answer, no out, like no, no outcome and, and false. And so, so you can use these functions, these, these like extraction functions or, or view functions or whatever you want to call them that, that know how to look inside of a tree of data and find those things that you're after or return nil if they're not there. You can use those functions as predicates, as as criteria for keep this or don't keep this. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny that you say keep this and keep don't keep this because the, the, the there's another function that is in in this family. It's a friend. It's a little farther away, but um, called keep, which I have always. Like I, every time I like I, I thought about the name, it, it it confused me, and I think it's it's solidifying. I finally was able to use it in 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 code uh, recently, and and I feel like it really solidified the concept um, of of it's it's kind of like if filter and map had an, a baby, because um, yeah. you know, keep is essentially two steps. It's map a function and then filter sum. So you basically map you 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 take a function you map it over um, a, a a list of items and then you keep <laughs> sorry you filter out all the ones that are not nil and so keep is both of those things together um, and it, it's 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 really useful when you want to um, when you want to filter something but also transform it at the same time in one step. Yeah, it, this really goes back to that same concept r- with these data extraction functions, right? If you have this big complex data structure and you have a function that gives you a view of the data in it and it will return nil if it doesn't work out or it will return the view if it does work out. Well, the same thing goes for like these in general transform functions, right? You want you have a, a list of things and you want to transform them, but maybe maybe some of them are incomplete. They don't have enough data to be fully transformed, right? It's not going to work out. And so then these transform functions, they can return nil if it doesn't work out, or they can return the, the transform thing if it does work out, right? So, so it, it gives you not just the transform, 
but it gives you an indication of whether or not it worked out, right? So I think you could think of this as like an option type, I think, in, in typed languages. <laughs> languages that are more opinionated about types and closure. <laughs> <laughs> and once again, Nilk saves the day and serves the purpose of being it didn't work out. So it's a positive statement of it didn't work out. Right. So so if you start thinking about a transform function, like create your transform function to handle the situation where it won't work out, right? There wasn't enough information present to do the transform. So so return nil as opposed to not thinking about that. And and the next thing you know, you have a null pointer exception because of some Java interrupt code <laughs> exploding. Yeah. Trying to add something there. <laughs> yeah, later on. And so then so then in that case, yeah, it's like you basically do a map with that function, and now you're gonna have a list where some of the things are gonna be the new transform value and the other things are gonna be nil because it didn't work out. And then you gotta filter filter some because you wanna get rid of all the nils or remove <laughs> nil. <laughs> which you could do too. <laughs> yes, re- remove nil, filter sum are the same. It's an interesting, interesting um, uh, reflective there. And, and so, but that's a, that's a pretty common pattern that we run into in, in code we're dealing with, right? We, we have this big uh, set of, of data. Some of it's complete, some of it's not complete. Uh, for example, with players, let's say I, I only want to deal with players that are currently active. They're 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 not players that were like on a roster, but then they left the team, right? I only want to deal with players that are active, and then because players that are active are going to be associated with the team right now. If a player's inactive, maybe maybe it has a list of teams it used to be associated with, but it won't be associated with a, a team currently. And maybe I want to have a view that shows that player's jersey number and their team affiliation. Well, all this data is not going to exist if they're not actively associated with the team. So I, w- I want to I filter out all the players that are inactive or I want to, uh, you know, remove inactive <laughs> or I want to filter active. <laughs> and, then, and then I want to do transform to get this like nice player summary. And, and so th- that step where you're getting rid of things and then transforming them, uh, keep is a way to, to marry those two together, right? And so you could think of it as a linguistic simplification, but, but it does actually have a practical purpose because sometimes the information you need, like the work that has to be done in order to figure out that you want to retain this entry, that, that same work also has to be done to apply the transformation. And and so that's kind of the aha moment with keep is that if you create a transformation function that is safe, it can handle missing data and return nil in the cases where data is missing, then you can kind of do all that work at once. The work of recognizing that this is a good thing and transforming it sort of, sort of, at a shot that yes that is that is perfect being able to get this has been very uncomfortable for me and in, in, lots of times even in closure before i learned about keep is that the idea of those those two things because then you, you often feel like you're doing the same amount of work like i have to transform this thing in order to figure out if it's valid or not it's like ah, oh, well why don't i just transform it in a safe way 
Yeah, and and I don't know if I've ever read anything in closure, uh, in in the closure learning materials I've been through that say, oh, you should make functions, you should make transform functions <laughs> that have the notion built into them that it may not work out. So have it return nil because if you do that, <laughs> all of a sudden it unlocks the power of filter and keep and 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 all these core functions. I think it's just something you you just learn over time. You see it in other people's code. Uh, you you sort of discover it on your own. Yeah, the longer the longer you use closure, the more comfortable you are with nil floating around um, in in your code because it, it because it means something. It's not just I feel like nil when you're programming just in Java is only an error condition. It's only you should never have a nil, but in closure we're much more comfortable with them them them, them propagating. <laughs> um, right, propagating about. Yeah. So then, so then there's also there's a, there's kind of a, a tag along function keep indexed, um, which is all the same things that that keep has except for the function that you uh, that that the function that is called for each of the elements um, takes as its first arg the index you know zero one two basically its position in in the in the original collection uh, so it's kind of a way of helping you uh, helping you um, uh, make a decision and and do the transform uh, based on positionality, uh, but but one so anyway anyway that that that's that's kind of the last function um, in the in this family, and it's kind it's kind of an odd odd idea because um, I actually was looking and there's a lot of functions like there there are there are only two sorry there are only two functions that have dash index at the end there's map index and keep indexed. And and I was wondering why isn't there a filter indexed or a remove indexed, you know, and uh, and do you have any idea? Like I I have a notion for why that might be. Do you do you have a notion? Um, I I cannot say with absolute cer- certainty, but I do have a notion of it. <laughs> both uh, both keep and map are concerned with transforming values, right? And and sometimes in that transform. You you need that little bit of information that tells it where it's at <laughs> in 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 the big long list of things, and so so the cases where you need to know the index of something for map are the similar cases where you need to know it for keep, right? It's 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 positionality, like it's spot knowledge of its spot is important. One example that comes to mind in data we we deal with is since we work with esports a lot. You have players who have assigned seating in esports, and we need to know their seat number. And and so we're we're very often keeping um, player information that's associated with a game in in seat number order, like in in player, so so that it lines up with their seating. And and so knowing the index of the player in that list, that really array of players, is helpful because it's a proxy for their seat number for us. Right, and it actually. Uh might actually it actually usually becomes part of the view data the actual returned the transform data it actually it actually um gets elevated it's not we're just we don't just use that information to decide how to transform the data we actually include it in the transform data and yeah. then and then why is it not in filter and remove well i think that that's because those the predicate functions in there should only be concerned with a single element even the position in 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 the list is is knowing too much about the outside world uh, for that for that that function. It should be able to decide yes or no based on just the each each element. 
Right. If if you really do want to filter based on that information, then you can do a map that weaves that information in so that you can then filter on it. And so this is once again back to the the problem that Keep solves, that this mapping and filtering together, that's a really common thing. And and sometimes work that needs to be done, since it applies to both, you know, Keep, that's where Keep comes in to help just consolidate all that work into one step. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. The other, well, the other, the other yeah, go, go for it. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, the other, the other interesting little mystery is the, the V that shows up sometimes. <laughs> that is exactly what I was going to ask. That, that, oh, that has yes. confused me many times. The V. Yes. The V, V for vector. So you see this also in map and filter. There's map V and filter V and, and why? Why, oh, why, right? And because you can just, you can take the results and you can coerce them to a vector when you're all done. So why would you, why would you care? Is is this just linguistic sugar? <laughs> huh. I guess I've only ever used it as linguistic sugar whenever I want to, well, I mean, if it's a vector, it's eager. So it's a, because filter and remove by themselves are lazy. And f- right. so map, and map V and filter V are 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 eager. They're they're gonna chew it all chew it all up and put it in memory right away. Right. So enclosure where you see things that are vectors on purpose, it almost always comes back to performance. Under the hood, a vector is is an array in memory. And it's a more complex structure than just simply an array. But but it is a it is a think you can think of it as an array that grows, you know, over time. And so uh, if you look at the closure core source code, which I would encourage you to read, uh, filter uses what's called transients in order, filter V uses transients to get work done, right? So transients are these mutable data structures. You can kind of unlock these persistent data structures and you can, and you can mutate them and then you can lock them back up with persistent. And, and it's probably, a, you know, we don't need to go into great detail, but where there are vectors, there there's performance optimizations available. And of course, but that everything has to be eager, right? It's got to fit. It's got to fit in memory. You can't use laziness and infinite sequences. But th- there's a huge subset of, of computation problems that we face on a daily basis where vectors can help improve performance or, or, or being eager is helpful. And so the, the way the filter actually works is more optimized. So if you use map V and filter V, if if your problem fits the nice criteria uh, of things that vector is good for, and from a performance point of view, using those can can help you with some performance. I wouldn't I wouldn't start with them necessarily, unless you uh, really know you need them. Yeah, it's kind of a it's kind of a, a little uh, a knob you can you can turn when when the when the time comes. Like always, use map and filter. Uh, but then put the V on there when, uh, you know, uh, when you decide that that, that, is, that that it's needed. I think I think it's interesting that there's no remove V. You know, it feels like there's, w- w- would there have been a remove V? Like, is, fil- is filter V, was it there at the beginning or was it added later? Like, there's a little bit of archaeology, I think, that might be done to, to understand why why there's a filter V and not a remove V. Well, yes, and since remove is is simply just defined as filter complement predicate, <laughs> it's only a complement away. 
<laughs> oh, yes. One compliment shy of a new function. <laughs> yeah, I guess there's nothing, nothing to prevent me from just making a filter V function in my own code. Uh, but I don't think I ever would. I think I would just do, sorry, a remove V. I just would do into into a vector. And then right. that would that'd be enough. Yeah, and so the the world of transients enclosure is is interesting. Transients are there to give you performance benefits of mutability in in certain cases. Uh, but even even transients are done in kind of a closurey way. Uh, so so yeah. you you don't necessarily need to understand transients to use map v and filter v, but you do have to understand they're eager. <laughs> and so if you feed them an infinite sequence, <laughs> you'll you'll discover you'll discover that they're eager if you didn't know before. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I think I, I think uh, learning about transients a while ago, the the thing I came the conclusion I came to is that I will never ever use transients because. I like the only reason why I would even need to use them is to write this performance optimized code. And if I ever get to that point, I'm probably working on some core library and, and not actually using it. And that's, I think that's the, the common or the con, not common, but the, the regular closure programmer will probably never have to use transients to get the benefits from them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think it's more of a special specialized case, you know, and, and reaching for optimization too early in, in my experience, I feel like that just leads to com- more complexity. So we tend to not oh, yeah. worry about it and then optimize the hot spots after the fact. Or just get a bigger, bigger computer. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. Yes. Much- and then when people say your application is too slow, blame them for not upgrading. <laughs> <laughs> right. That would be the programmer way. <laughs> For sure. Well, yeah, well, it's amazing what we can talk about. Uh, when going back to core, there's a lot of wisdom in core. It's uh, it's fun to talk about what we've learned and uh, what we've what what we've discovered. These uses, because sometimes when you go to close your docs and you look at people's examples, they I, they don't always point you in a, a helpful direction for how is this practically going to be used. <laughs> <laughs> but right. we. But it is great that people do share their uses there, and we would love to hear your uses for filter and remove and keep and and all these things. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, especially now that those Legos are in your brain. Um, if you if you start using them uh, or you start running across situations where you might use them, um, we'd be interested in hearing. So uh, please send us. Uh, a tweet at Closure Design or an email to feedback at closuredesign.club. Or our favorite way is the Closure Design dash podcast channel on the Closure and Slack. Uh, hop on in there and uh, we can um, uh, keep all of our good ideas together. Definitely. And go visit the website closuredesign.club. You can find the show notes for this episode there and you can find all of our past episodes there. And we promise we will not post any visualizations of Legos in brains on our website if you go there. <laughs> For now, at least. All right. Yes. Uh, that's enough about these uh, filter functions. We'll be back next week to talk about more closure. Thanks for listening. <laughs>